podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, yesterday Liverpool played Fulham at Craven Cottage and um, the result was a draw. Um, just before we go into this video, uh, if you could just click the subscribe button and click the bell button for notifications, that would be fantastic. So we want to keep bringing you this content. But joining me on the line, I'm really excited because he's a mate, um, is Mr. Adam Smith from the Anfield Rap. Adam, how are you getting on? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Big gutted about the result yesterday, but uh, yeah. we'll get into that. Just before we do get into that, um, just your reaction to the, the very, very sad news that we've we've heard that Gerard Houllier has passed this morning. Um, what's your reaction? Yeah, really, really gutted, like genuinely gutted. I, I, I know it sounds stupid, but it, it, there was no sign that he was ill. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost that makes it a little bit easier if there is, because you're sort of prepared for it. Whereas this has just sort of come out of the blue. And, you know, for me, like I'm 38. So I, whilst I've been a Liverpool sport my entire life, there's pictures of me as a little kid in my Liverpool kit and all that. 2001 is Mm. the first season that I properly remember getting into it, being excited about it. I can remember where I was for all of the cup finals, uh, you know, and all of those sorts of things. I went to the trophy, the bus parade and all that. So, so Julia was, was my, my manager, you know, Mm. like when Mm. I was growing up. Um, And, and so, yeah, it's proper knocked me and, and it's really just really sad news. And, and, um, and you know that all of the the outpouring of of kind of love and well wishing and everything that is going to happen now and and you know take over Liverpool's social channels and stuff is 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 very much deserved because mm. he was a, he was a brilliant manager that that kind of it, he is in a lot of ways responsible for the club we are now because he yes. he, he modernised us do you know what I mean like I think Roy Evans kind of was was very very much of the old school and that had its merits but Julio was the one who kind of dragged us into the into the 20th century yeah. at the time um and laid the framework for what Rafa could put down and, and everything that followed mm, of course I mean I think one of the tributes to him was the this the state of Melwood he was the one who who planned that all out and said we need this here and and I think Melwood became a a, a world-class facility under his watch but I mean I, I'm, I'm totally with you on the the 2001 thing um, I, I went to all of those finals and I have some fantastic memories of uh, of those times so it is very very sad and I'm sure there'll be a lot of players I think Stephen I think I think um, Jamie Carragher sees uh, Gerard Houllier is the biggest influence on his career. I think I think Steven Gerrard sees Rafa, but I think Jamie yeah. Carragher is, is very, very fond of of, uh, of Gerard Houllier. So it is, is incredibly sad. And like you say, he should be up there with the manager legends that we've got, I think should be remembered in those terms, certainly. Definitely. Yeah, mm. I think that's, I think you've actually nailed it there, yeah. Um, okay, so going into the game yesterday, um, first of all, what did you think of the team lineup? I don't think there were any real surprises there, were there? No, I, 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 I had an inkling that maybe he'd go with Phillips um, mm. just because I, I think he, he would have wanted Matip for the Spurs game. So I, I undenied that maybe he might go Phillips because of that. Um, but otherwise, no, no, no particularly shocking things it was pretty much the team that we thought it's pretty much the only fit 11 we've got so you, if know. you looked at the bench they just it was that that give you all the clues that you needed to 
Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, yeah, to, to, to I think we're about three players away from me and you being on the bench, to be honest. <laughs> Christ, that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously we see the lineup come in and, you know, the lineup, it's, 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 it's a strong 11, basically. Mm-hmm. It's as strong an 11 as we could have put out. And that was quite yeah. um, encouraging. But we get start into the game and it just didn't really click, did it, from the off? I think. No, it didn't. I mean, it didn't. I think the first half an hour was amongst the worst we've seen this Liverpool play, really. Mm. Um, but I think that there is an extent to which we, Fulham, with fans behind them, knew they had to pour everything into getting any, any results out of it. So I think there was an extent to which Klopp almost said to the players, listen, let them blow themselves out. You know, give them give them 20 minutes. They'll run around like, a, you know, headless chickens. They'll blow themselves out and that's when our superior fitness and everything else takes over. I think that was maybe part of the game plan. But I think that that bled into not complacency, but just nothing worked. No, people couldn't find a pass. Fabinho mm. basically forgot how to play football for a mm. bit of it. You know, it was really all over the show. So I, I really feel sometimes like this Liverpool team... I think the manager has spent a couple of seasons working on the idea of winning at 50% or, you know, 70%, like just mm, taking yeah. the foot off the gas, but still being able to control games and win it. But it, it still feels sometimes like they need to go hell for leather or they're going to they're gonna struggle to get going. And, and that was what happened, I think. You've, you've got to give a lot of praise to Fulham's performance. I mean, they look like 70s Brazil at, at certain stages. Um, what did you think of them? I Look, I I don't think they're very good. I think they're going down. Um, and I, I, you know, they played eleven games before they played us yesterday, and they had seven points. So you know, seven from a possible thirty-three. They're not great. Like, let, you know, let's just be honest about it. I I think they poured everything in. I think the fans being back helped them, but I think we really helped them because we mm. were awful. I mean, we couldn't. Mm pass the ball so you know that's not just them being brilliant that's us just not being very good so I think you know there's times when you have got to give the opposition credit and obviously Fulham could have started and 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 kind of put 11 men behind the ball and and all of that sort of thing which they didn't they did take the game to us but we very much let them we let them look like Mm -hmm. that Brazil team as you say you know yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to Rush Goldman of the Cottage Talk podcast um, a few days before the game, and I'd asked him about the form because I, I, like you, had, had looked into you know where they were in the league, the amount of points and everything. But he he had a different view on it. He tends to feel that that where they are doesn't really reflect how they've been performing. And also, what he said, and it was interesting, they went through the playoffs um, in the championship to get to get promoted and he says that that meant that they only had a very very short pre-season in which case they were behind when they started a bit like Man United a bit like Man City so his 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 view on it was they were a lot better than what they were showing I thought we saw that yesterday Um, I always liked Luckman at Everton and he never got through he looked like a great player the right back scored a fantastic goal Reed. Um, and they've got a lot of fit, strong, physical players and some with some technical ability as well. And I think we struggled against that. Yeah, listen, I'm I, I'm going to put my hand up and say I haven't watched enough Fulham that, you know, the, the fella who, who supports them is going to know them a hell of a lot yeah. better than me. So so that's totally fair. And I, I am really going off the points and all that. But I, I'm not. 
I, I don't totally buy into the no preseason argument because basically nobody had a preseason. Mm. You know, it, it's not. It's been the, the, the massively truncated season that it's been. So I, 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 that's a that's a little bit of a of a of a misnomer for me. I think because it's everyone's had the same struggle on that front. Um, but maybe they are, look. Maybe at the end of the season they're going to sit fifteenth or something. You know, like there, there was a couple of seasons ago, wasn't there, when Rafa was at Newcastle and they had a terrible start to the season, but they still ended up like fourteenth or fifteenth. Or something. Yeah. Maybe that's what Fulham are going to do, but I just don't think that I don't think that Scott Parker's necessarily got the experience enough to, to be able mm. to guide them through that. The, you know what we've got coming up now is really going to separate the wheat from the chaff. You know the, the, this this truncated Christmas period when there's a game every couple of days. Some teams are used to that, some teams aren't, and I think the ones that aren't are really going to struggle. And I, I'd be surprised if Fulham wasn't one of them. But of course, the Championship does have more games than the Premier League, so they are a little bit more used to that, but not mm. at the quality that they're going to have to play to to be able to survive. I would say. Going into our performance, <laughs> this might be difficult for you, but who were the standout players for you, for you in our performance? I think there's one, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, look, nobody in the first half an hour. Let's be honest; everyone was was really quite poor. Uh, even like even the, there's even the moment when uh, the ball comes into the box and Alisson should just come and grab it, but doesn't. And and there's like and and they Robertson goes to clear it and boots it into the Fulham fella's head, and they nearly score. For, like everyone's really poor for for vast portions of the game. Uh, but Curtis Jones was my man of the match, I, and and I actually, funnily enough, I was about to tweet after about twenty minutes. This might be Curtis's worst game for us because right. he, he was he gave the ball away a couple of times he, he you know he, he fouled a couple of times all those sorts of things and I was thinking he's really not at the races at all but but of everyone he was the one that I thought managed to get his head screwed back on and really took the took the game by the, the scruff of the neck really I was really impressed with him and considering he's only 19 I mean the lad can be whatever he wants oh completely completely I am um... I mean, it's quite simplistic what I'm about to say, but it's it's certainly something to consider. I thought Gini Wijnaldum really, really struggled. He toiled. He, he was losing out 50-50s, which he never does. What did you think of his performance? No, I agree. I didn't think it was great. Um, and it's difficult to put pinpoint why, because unlike the others, he didn't play in, in Midgetland. Mm. Did, did he, I don't think he even flew, did he? I can't, I'm not... No, I, I think he, he flew that. everybody over, did, which did, did was he? a surprise. Right. So... Yeah, maybe he's just a bit, I don't know, he's just a bit tired from the travelling or what, I don't know, but but it was, yeah, it was odd because he was, as you say, losing the physical battle that he never does. No. Um, so it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why, but I guess the rest of the team did. And, you know, then you've got the whole thing of um, Henderson having to drop into central defence, which means that, you know, I mean, Taki, like I like Minamino and I think he's still going to come good. I've still got faith that he's going to come good. But he's he's still getting used to this kind of midfield position that he's being asked to play. So you've basically got a 19-year-old, whilst Curtis had, I think he was man of the match, as I say, he's still young. You've got Taki, who's a bit lightweight, I think physically, physically lightweight. So Genie's maybe having to pick up a few more pieces and kind of look after the defence a little bit when because we were so open that when Fulham broke, we had to really, everyone had to really, you know, run around the place to try and cover up the, the bit. So maybe there's something in that if you, if you want to, but I, but I, I, I just no one was at the races, and I think he was, you know, maybe right at the top of the pile for, for mm. players who just just weren't didn't have the head in the game. Uh, he's played a lot of games. I think um, mm. I think the commentator said we'd played something like 21 games this season, and they'd played 12. 
mm, yeah, got yeah. to have an effect. It'd be interesting. I'm glad you picked up on that because there's a, quite a lot of people or a lot of TV stations when they put us with a formation out with Minamino in it, they'll play it, put him in as a part of the front three. Mm. The last three games I've seen him, he's playing more of an eight, isn't he? Really, he's, he's playing as a box to box midfielder. That's how it looks to me. Yeah, I I completely agree, and I think I think. I, I reckon if you could get Jurgen Klopp and ask him, you know, he, he took a truth serum or something, I think there'd be a part of him that says he doesn't really know what to do with him. <laughs> I, I think that I think they signed him because, what you know, why not? He, I thought yeah. he was the best player when we played. Um, who's in the jigs? I want to say Salzburg. Yes. I don't mean Salzburg, do I? Yeah, anyway, he was the best player in the team for them, I thought. Seven million is an absolute snip in the in the current market. So I think they signed him because it just made all sorts of sense. And I think that Jürgen doesn't quite know exactly what to do with him. And I think that almost the form of Jota has confused that even more because Jota fits into that front three. I think maybe Jürgen thought, oh, we can use Taki instead of, of Firmino. And then actually what's happened is that Jota's come in and Jota's been the, the one that fits into that better. And there's, you know, on top of that as well, mate, you've got to remember that he, the fella arrived to a brand new league, brand new club, all of that stuff. Then there's a pandemic strikes. So football stops completely. Fella hasn't even unpacked his boxes and there's a pandemic going on. So he must have been looking around and going, What's, what the hell's happening here? You know, and so, so he doesn't know anyone. He can't see anyone. He's doing Zooms like this. He's probably his internet's dropping every five minutes and people are stuttering and they're like, yeah, like the poor bloke. So you've got all that going on. And and then, you know, then we win the league and you see him at the trophy thing and he's like, I, I he's can't a bit all, yeah, exactly. You know I'm not I mean? sure whether it's, I should be here. Sort of thing. Exactly, like it's it, that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's like it it'd be like you know I, like as you know I've been on Corrie. You know I, I was I had about three lines. I was in it for about two minutes. It'd be like me turning up to their awards, dude. Do you know what I mean? Of kind of being like, yeah, are we, I, am I am I getting some champagne here or what? Like you know what I mean? That's what it, that's what he must have felt like the poor fella. So <laughs> it's it's all absolutely all over the show. And then then you've got Jota arrives and not, so I just think. That he just he didn't settle. He's starting to look a little bit more settled now, and I think Jurgen's kind of going. Do you know what we need is a is a kind of box to box type midfielder. That that's what we're really lacking at the moment. That's what we could do with someone else to come in and and sort of play the roles that the likes of Naby Keita can't do because he's never fit. Like somebody who can do that and be reliable and be dependable. And he's just going to have to get used to. But so you're asking him to get used to a brand new position. Yeah. While every, you know, while everything else is going on, so so I, I'm not surprised he's maybe struggled a little bit more than we all thought he would have. You know, he's got the skill set for that position. From what I've seen of him, I don't like him when he's got his back to goal. I don't think he he's he's strong enough for that. But technically, he he could play a midfield role, and it's interesting that he's now using him there. And like you say, I think the the, the form of Jota has given him that option. I think before he had no. No real uh, choice to do that. He'd had to play him when Firmino wasn't playing. And unfortunately, with Jota's injury, we're now in the same boat again. But, you know, it is what it is. Many of our chats prior to this on the phone have been about VAR. Hmm. Um, and there were a couple of things that we we could do with having a chat about yesterday. First of yeah. all, were you screaming at the telly that Mo Salah had been fouled? Yeah, because he was. I, I, I think so. 
look, I think it's a, I think it's a really soft one, and I think he throws himself down in a way that's never yeah. going to convince people. But, but you cannot put two hands on somebody's back and push them forward, which is what the fella did, and then go, "What's wrong with that?" It's you know, yeah. it doesn't like they've he's, they've taken him out of the flight of the ball by yeah. pushing him forward. It's a foul, like it's, and I think that. There are loads of conversations to be had, you know, obviously around VAR, but but for, for even before VAR, if we would lose or draw a game, I would put on social media something about, you know, oh, that's not great from the referee there, you know, we should blah, blah, blah. And I'd get loads of replies going, oh, it doesn't matter, we weren't good enough. I understand that, but you could simultaneously think that the referee, or in this case, the video assistant referee, hasn't done a good job, and that we didn't deserve anything out of the game. Like those two things can exist as thoughts together, yeah. but the whole purpose of a of a referee and a, a, to be there is to level the playing field, to mean that one team can't get away with just pushing people in the back and going, "What what's wrong with that?" And I think, look, I, I am on record as saying I think John Moss is one of the worst referees in the. No, it wasn't John Moss, was it? It was um, Andre Mariner. Uh, no, no, sorry, I mean on the VAR. Oh, okay. uh, I think it was. Uh, there's two. There's two referees that I think are legitimately the worst in the re- in, in the league. John Moss is one of them because he is physically incapable of keeping up with the play. Right now, you shouldn't think you'd have that problem with VAR, but you know whatever. And the other one is um, Lee Mason, and it it was one of them on the VAR. I can't remember which one it was, but they're both as bad as each other. And the problem is they're not good referees. And this is it enca- like the match for me encapsulates the problem with VAR as a as a thing, right? Which is that if you're going to put it in place because the referees aren't good enough then you can't have those referees that aren't good enough in charge of the VAR because they're still not going to be good enough it doesn't matter whether they're watching it in slow motion or on video they're still not going to be good enough point it's a great point absolutely brilliant the Fabinho one now the interesting thing for the Fabinho one for me and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it from one angle it looks like a foul from the angle behind, looking down the line, he wins the ball. Mm. And that has got to show you how difficult it is. Now, fair play to the referee sticks to his decision. How did you see it? Uh, look, I so my take on this is that there's a, there's a reason that everyone has spoken about clear and obvious error. That was the big talking point as soon as it came in. Clear and obvious error with from referee and decisions points of view, right? I think actually it's a penalty. Because I think he he takes his foot and then gets the ball, right? So and even even on the angle where he gets the ball, he does, but only because he takes his foot first and it's his standing foot. So I, I think it's a penalty. What I don't think is that it was a clear and obvious error mm-hmm. because I think from the referee's point of view, it looks like he's got the ball on the video replay. You can see he gets the foot, but then the ball, but it wasn't like the referee should have been able to spot that. And like I've said all the way, all the way through, and this includes offsides, which is not clear and obvious error. And that's something that the mistake that a lot of people make is thinking that the offsides are also clear and obvious errors. They're not offside is binary, but I think that the, the kind of rule of thumb, which I understand is difficult to implement, but this is why I'm not employed by the FA and paid hundreds of thousands a year. What I think they should do is they should say, should a human being be reasonably expected to have spotted that that was what happened? And Andre Mariner could not 
be reasonably expected to have seen that Fabinho has got his foot before he got the ball. So it's not a clear and obvious error. So the VAR shouldn't have overruled it. And they should have said that straight away. They even had a look at the the thing with Gini Wijnaldum before, which I think actually, although we've said he, he lost a lot of the physical battles, I think it was a foul because he basically pulls him over. So they had a look at that as well. So it's it's not an overturn in about five different ways. Why on earth they sent into the to the monitors to go and have a look at it is absolutely anybody's guess. It's it's interesting that you you say the clear and obvious error because I thought before when it first came in they were using clear and obvious error as an excuse to not make a decision. That's how I felt, right? Um, and I think it's there's for me a clear and obvious error is if it's a penalty and the referee hasn't given it or vice versa. Now I, I get what you're saying, but I think at least what we've got now is the referee having a look, a second look where he can make his own mind up. And I think that's a positive thing. We were chatting about this last week, weren't we? Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think the problem is that not a lot of referees are strong enough to go over and say, no, I still think I'm right when they when they look at it on the monitor. Yeah. Right, and he did and, yesterday. To be fair, and to he did, yeah, and and so, uh, but it's. I think it's interesting. I think there's two of them that have. I think there was him, and was the other one Michael Oliver. He's been mm, over yeah, and looking. Yeah. No, I tell a lie. I'm sorry, Michael Oliver. I think was the first one to go over and have a look at the monitor. I think it's um, uh, Mike Dean is the other one. So Mike Dean and Andre Marin are, are the two that have gone over, looked at the monitor said no I'm sticking with my original decision and in my opinion they are the two most arrogant referees in the whole of the thing so I'm not shocked that they're the two that have looked and gone no I still think I'm right (laughs) Right? but but that you know there's nothing wrong with that because I think but I think it's just oh look I I was a massive proponent of VAR we both were we've had chats exactly like you know I I was really really on board with it really behind it genuinely think it's a it was a good thing and I was like yes that's this is a good thing because the referees are not good enough right it was so easy to get VAR right and that's why I am convinced that the the PGMOL actively do not want it to succeed they actively do not want it in the game because i think if you look at it through that prism the prism of the referees not wanting it every single thing that they do with it makes complete sense every Mm. single thing does because what they should have done was brought it in to go the absolute howlers that's what we're trying to avoid the howlers the ones where you look at that and gone that linesman should be sacked for not being able to see that that was offside that the perfect example is the Raheem Sterling against Man City one where he's 25 foot onside in the 13-14 season and he gets given offside right that one is like the quintessential example of you go that's why we need it because that that it's disgraceful that that fella hasn't yeah. seen that he's onside there right that's why it needs to come in not because somebody's toenails offside no yeah. one no one wants that no. no one wants it nobody none of the proponents of VAR were going oh you should be able to spot that his foot is you know half an inch up come on the linesman shouldn't be expected to see that so why on earth are we picking up on it and, and going back on it and all that and the same with with fouls and all that sort of thing the Andy Robertson one the other week where he gives the penalty away against Brighton isn't it for me it's a penalty because he kicks the lad he just yeah, kicks I, I, I agree. All right. Welbeck makes the most of it and all that sort of thing but you know what I've what I said at the time was if you flip that around right and you say that Danny Welbeck kicks Andy Robertson's foot Robertson goes down three steps later Welbeck gets the ball and puts it in the back of the net we're all saying that goal should be disallowed because he's yeah, kicked, yeah, yeah. kicked Robertson's no, foot No I agree 
So it, it should be a penalty. So why why are you why are you trying to overrule him? That's the thing that I just can't get my head around. And I think what, like the, almost the level that VAR should work at, right, is they should look at it and go, if I watched myself do that on the pitch, would I think I should be sacked? And if I if I should, then I'll overrule it. And if I shouldn't, then I won't. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that that's what it should boil down to. Basically, should I lose my job for being incompetent? Yes then let's overrule it. If not, leave it as it is. There's just, it, and, it, and it, it's just, it's so easy to get it right. And that, that's why, you know, it comes back to what I said before. That's why I'm absolutely convinced that they, they don't want it to work. Interesting. I mean, we had this chat the other day and I, I said to you with offside, if they've got to draw a line, it's onside. Surely. Yeah. If you draw in lines, yeah. it's onside. Yeah. I mean, if, if the lines, but you yeah. should really... Almost, if the linesman is doing it in real time, he's just using his eyes. Now, if we, we could look at 100 offside decisions, and I think we'd probably get most of them right just from looking at it, as long as you've got the right angle, obviously. Yeah. But um, I just I, I think yeah. they're getting in their own way. But like you say, if, if it's coming yeah. from a place that they don't want it to work, I just think the problem is, is that they've spent so much money on it now and it's so heralded, I'd be surprised if they went back on it. And FIFA also seemed to be very, very in favour of it. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't see how they can go back on it. That's the that's the reality of it. I don't see how you can. Um, uh, and I think the unfortunate thing is that, that it, it's got to be done in a way that makes sense. And the way they're using it at the moment, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that's what's frustrating most people. And the offside is like the perfect example of it, you know, and I agree with you. If you draw in lines, it's not offside. And that, that comes back to my thing before of should a human being be reasonably expected to have seen that that's offside. If it's because a toe is offside, no human being should be reasonably expected to see that. The frigging Terminator shouldn't be reasonably expected <laughs> to see that. Let's not let's not punish people because that's what you're doing. You're essentially punishing the linesman and saying you didn't do that right. Yeah. Let's not punish people for things that they should never have been expected to get right in the first place. Mm. If yeah. somebody's four foot offside, yeah, you're, you're flagging it. You know what I mean? Like I tell you that the, the perfect example was the Brighton match, right? You've got two examples of an offside there in that Brighton match, right? One of them's the most Salah one where they're having to draw lines and do all of that sort of stuff. The other one's the Sadio Mane one where he's four foot offside. Yeah, that, that that's it. If you've got the Salah one, he's onside because what are you? T- he's basically level. The Mane one, he's offside. No, it's dead easy. You're spot it's on. Dead easy. You are spot on, and they're two examples in the same game of what we're talking about. Exactly. No problem with the Sadio Mane one at all, have we? It's just the, no. the when you, you start getting and the, the unfortunate thing is they're not looking at it the way we are as fans. They're now going more towards the Hawkeye sort of thing. They want to get a Hawkeye system where the computer works out, takes out the the uh, the human element, and I just think that they're going completely down the wrong road. There, you know. The thing I'd say about that though, mate, is that like if they did that right, and the decision was therefore immediate, fine. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a thing that goes bing, he's offside because Hawkeye has said he's offside, right? That's fine. The problem okay. at the moment is you're waiting around for five minutes while they draw lines and do trigonometry and all sorts of other stuff <laughs> and stuff that these fellas aren't 
they're not trained to do John Moss as there's absolutely no chance that John Moss understands what's going on with those lines. Yeah. He, he ju- there's just no way he, do- he doesn't understand what's going on when he's physically on the pitch watching from 500 yards away because he's too unfit to keep up with play. There's no way that he understands what the trigonometry fella is telling him is going on. It's, it's just bonkers. And, and that's the, that's the, the big issue. But unfortunately, if you you know if there was somebody here from the PGMOL, they would say offside is binary. It's either on or off. And if it's a toenail, it's offside. Well, then it's offside it's to- because yeah. they're all failed busies, aren't they? They're all you know that's their <laughs> life they come from. They're all about the rules and blah, 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 and all that stuff, right? And that's the that's the big problem with with what we've got with it at the moment. Um, and it's why it needs to be taken out of their hands because they're incompetent. It was brought in because they were incompetent. And, you know, people go, oh, they got 99% of decisions right. I mean, first of all, that's a nonsense. There's no way they get 99% of decisions right. But secondly, when you're talking about that, it's things like they said, it's a throw in because the ball's gone 50 foot over the line. Yeah, we understand that one. You got that one right, mate. But the other day in the United match where it went four foot over the line, VAR decided that they couldn't possibly judge on that. Were you going, I mean, come on, like, come on. Like, it's just bonkers the way you're used. You can spot that Sadio Mane's toenail has grown too long, but you can't spot that a ball has gone 50 foot over the line. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it, they, They've just made it a laughing stock. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. It's just made it a nonsense. And, like, I, I don't buy into the same thing. I'm on my soapbox a little bit. I apologize. Oh, totally, like, I'm I, loving it. <laughs> I don't buy into a lot of the things that some people do about, you know, oh, it, you, you, it, it, it's ruining the game and you can't celebrate, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy that, right? I, I personally don't buy it because I think most of the time you can tell whether a goal is, has got any infringements on it or not, right? The, the ones where they've pulled it back for something, you know, two moves before because somebody was offside and stuff, I think they're a little bit, there's, there's far fewer of them than we actually mm. think, right? Mm. And and I think when you're in person, you celebrate, right? I'll tell you now, VAR was in play when Liverpool beat Barcelona by four goals to nil. I didn't see one person standing on the cop going, I'm not going to celebrate for a minute here because we're waiting for VAR. You celebrate because it's an instinctive thing to do, yeah. right? You go mad, you go crazy because you go, that's a goal, brilliant, right? So I don't buy into that. And the and the, the the problem I have with people saying it, and the reason I get a bit uppity about it is I think there are loads of issues with VAR. Let's not concentrate on one that you've made an issue for yourself. You can choose whether you celebrate or not. No mm. one's telling you not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can choose whether you celebrate yeah. or not, right? Go go I tell you when we when we what I'm gonna say beat Everton in the derby with the the, the Hendo goal at the end, right? I went I've gone mental. I've gone I ran around the house screaming, I was yeah, banging yeah, yeah. the wall, I, I went mad around the place right it then got disallowed i was fu- of course i was fuming but i was mainly fuming that we dropped points to everton and they mm. injured two of our players was i annoyed that i w- w- did i care that i looked a little bit silly that i ran around the house celebrating no no one was no. there yeah. you know my wife wasn't even in like all right the dogs are looking at me odds but i, like, I, I, can, I can take that Do you yeah. know what i mean like so celebrate what why is why does it matter if you look daft because it's disallowed after the fact who cares yeah. celebrate you're choosing in my opinion you're choosing not to celebrate so let's not use that as a stick to beat var yeah. with when there's loads of things that are actually wrong with it yeah that's what i think fair point fair point so before i i'm going to ask you about the tottenham game but just have you got a man in the match for me Oh, Curtis Jones. Yeah, it's easy, easy that one, isn't it? There wasn't yeah. much else going on. Um, no. Okay, the Tottenham game. What are, what are your thoughts? Big, big game. Big game. 
yeah, it is. I, I, look, it's I, I don't want to sort of put a negative hat on or anything, but it is. It, it if Jose Mourinho has got anything about him as a person, it's ruining people's fun. And so, uh, you know, him and Spurs being the ones that end the Anfield unbeaten run, it feels nailed on to me. To be to be honest, um, what do I think? I, I don't think Spurs will be there come the end of the season. I'll be honest. I, I'm a, I'm a li- I think they're a little bit in a vein of form at the moment. Kane and Son are, are, are absolutely tearing it up. I'm not looking forward to watching them against our defence. That's that I don't know. Basically, got the the girls from the canteen working in it. I like. I'm not excited about that. But I, I'm not overly convinced that Spurs are the real deal. I I, uh, I don't think they'll be top four. I'll be honest. I think they'll be fifth or something like that. Um, and I think a, an injury to, to to Kane probably derails their season. He usually bit. gets one a season, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I also wonder quite with this again. I'll keep saying truncated nature of the season with the the period that's coming up between now and New Year. I'd be amazed if Spurs go unbeaten through through all of that. Mm. Um, but. Mourinho does know how to do what he likes against the big teams. You know, he knows how to put a load of people behind the ball. They are very dangerous on the counter because of Kane and Son. Um, we've been great at home. We, you also would expect to see a bit of a bounce after the the, the, the nature of that performance. I think Klopp will be saying, oh, oh this I... is your chance to, you know, to sort of get back into the rhythm of it and all that. Um, I, 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 my my head says we'll win. Sorry, my heart says we'll win. My head doesn't. Okay, that's I'm fair afraid. enough, I suppose. Yeah, that is fair Sorry. enough. It's, it is. It is a. It feels like a massive game already, mm. and we're not even it, it, at it. So it just. Yeah. Um, we just hope we. I mean, I think your 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 option is Nat Phillips, isn't it? I don't think uh, mm. there's any other option, and just tell him to do what he's he's good at, which is just defend, head the ball. And and give it to players who 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 are better than him, I think. And I think I think if, yeah. you, if you keep it simple like that, he, he can do that job, definitely. Uh, do you know what? I've been impressed with him. I have I to have. say, I think a few people. I think you know, quite a lot of people have sort of um, uh, painted down what he's done, but I think he's looked decent when he's coming. He's not looked like if you compare him to say Reese Williams, and I think Reese Williams looks like he's a good one for the future. Mm-hmm. But you know, Reese Williams comes in and you kind of go, you know, oh, he's, he's you know he's done it simple there. But Nat Phillips looks like a decent defender. I think he'll have a Premier League career, Nat Phillips, even if it's not with us. So I wouldn't be heartbroken to see him see him come in because he'll he'll handle that physical battle with Kane, for example. Uh, I think he'll he'll be able to stand up to Kane and and kind of tell him to, to 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 do one. So I'm 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 all right with him. I, I think he's all right. Um, the 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 thing was they took um, Matip off as a precaution, didn't they? Because he felt like a twinge in his back or something. I've not, so it's... I've not heard anything. So it, is it just a precaution? So there it is a chance. A, yeah. So it was a precautionary decision, right? Twinge. He felt a twinge. They took him off. Jurgen said, you know, he should be fine for Wednesday. Uh. That means he'll miss three months because. <laughs> You know that's what that's what Matip does. He go they go like oh he's he's got a slight problem with his toe and then basically he's got his leg <laughs> amputated two minutes later. Like he's, he's unfortunately that's the sort of player he is. But I would I I I won't be shocked if he starts. Put it that way. Okay. Well, listen. Um, just before we go, everyone watching, thanks very much for watching. Click the yeah uh, the subscribe button and the bell to get the notifications. Adam, thank you so much for chatting to. I always enjoy our chats, mate. And um... <laughs> I enjoyed it. Listen, good luck. Uh, hopefully we have some good luck on Wednesday. 
and uh, I'll speak to you soon, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.